0: Outlined how accounting practices commonly discussed did
1: not. What kind of likeness is that? Feature. If they were great artists, they will be in a museum. I'm, I'm fucking farted for cartoonists, cartoonists now. Cartoonists now.
0: Episode 54 of Gutter Boys. Gutter Boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins and the outs and the highs and the lows of making comics. I am Cam uh, with my co-host JB. Today on the show, we have Birmingham, England-based cartoonist and artist Michael Kennedy. But before we get into it with Michael Kennedy, we're just going to get into our shout-outs. And we're going to actually keep this one a little short because I think our interview ran a little long. Actually, I do recall uh, we talked a little bit about uh, soccer, football over there. And uh, England did make it to the Euro Cup but lost to Italy today. So they went further than uh, Michael ended up implying they would go in the interview. Mm. They made it all the way to the finals but choked to the Italian. So, shout out to the Italians!
2: Hell yeah! Uh, good job, yeah. Italy! Good job! Yeah, good
0: job! Good job! I'm I'm such an Italian soccer fan. I've uh, <laughs> sewn my my two my index and middle finger to my thumb.
2: Yes, I got They're my, stuck my together. Napoli badge. Yeah.
0: As far as uh, news, we're not really going to get into that. Um, I want to thank everybody that bought my book from strangers. Uh, Yeah, it did sell out again. I don't think as many copies went out as anticipated. So I'm probably going to make some more, to be honest, especially when I hit up space in Columbus in November. So, Uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. A lot of you hit me up saying you missed it and I'm sorry again, but uh, I'm going to do my best to make good on that because I do want the thing to be available. I don't want my books to be. Uh, so, yeah, if you did miss it, uh, I do plan on reprinting it at some point in time, probably in time for uh, shows to start up again. So I appreciate everybody for getting that, though. So thank you again. What have you been doing, though, dude? Just taking a lot of naps oh, yeah. <sighs> and gaming. Gaming, yeah. I've uh, I leveled up 20 levels in Call of Duty in uh, 48 hours. This is a gaming so
2: podcast now.
0: Yeah, I'm the pure alpha male in my house now.
2: I'm more of a Sigma male now. Yeah,
0: okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, so the Gutter Boys are on PlayStation 5, but we can play with the Scrubs on PlayStation 4 still. Not everybody has girlfriends that buy them gaming systems like us. That's true. So, uh, you know, everybody wants to know how we're so successful. Successful spouses... No, not really. <laughs> no, but uh yeah, if you do want to play with us on PlayStation, DM us. I'll hook you up with my PlayStation name. And if you are cool in the game session, maybe JB will give you his PlayStation name. Maybe. I'll think about it. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, so we're playing Warzone. Are you playing anything else? Uh do you have to download Warzone? Not Warzone, fuck. What are we playing? Uh Cold War.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's yeah, there's yeah. a Warzone and there's also Modern Warfare.
0: I heard Warzone is good. My brother was telling me to get on that because apparently you're just like, it's like deathmatch, but you're in a squad of four. So it's like the four of you guys try to be the winning team. So it's and like it's Survivor
2: free. Series, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's like okay.
0: every man for himself, but you're in a, a gang. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah, maybe I'll get on Warzone, but uh, yeah, I'm doing a lot of zombies on uh, Cold War and uh, it's pretty sick. So, yeah, if you want to join us on that, Um, I'm also on Grand Theft Auto. I don't play it too much, but I do have it if y'all got it.
2: Where's the video game about reading comics? Uh, I'm trying to think. Has there ever been one? (laughs) No, I don't think so. I feel like,
0: no, no, no. I feel like there was like a Sega Genesis game where like the main character was like a kid that went into a comic.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a game, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i don't know what it was called but uh, i do recall something like that is
2: there not some sort of like rpg simulator in japan where you're like a manga artist that'd be really funny
0: oh uh yeah so I, I i wasted a good like 15 hours of my life playing that um according to my switch it was called like uh what do they call those games um
2: oh so it exists oh shit
0: well no no it's like i want to say it's not kairosoft it's a dating um,
2: simulator no,
0: no yeah, it's yeah. like a this this company makes the same game but they just reskin it for a variety so they was like, oh, Pokemon. manga creator in there. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but you're, you had to, like, pick genres and, like, pretty much make a banger manga. And, like, you had to pay rent and shit. So, like, if you put out a bad manga, you wouldn't get money or fans. And, like, it was wild. So, you had to, like, pretty much just pick the formula. The game actually sucked, but... It was just so easy to, like, literally just waste hours, like, just sitting there. Kind of like a casino game. Yeah, I was going to say, you it know, sounds like, like
2: a mobile phone app
0: yeah, type yeah, of game. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah. But, yeah, I did play a manga studio game.
2: Damn. Yeah, I kind but of it wasn't figured there would be something like that out there.
0: Yeah, be pretty sick to uh, the Marvel Telltale game where you're uh, Stan Lee and you make editorial decisions and uh, there's many different endings to the game. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You want to get into shout-outs and take it home? Do yeah. think we have enough? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little sleepy. This is the lowest energy intro you guys <laughs> yeah. are gonna get. But luckily, well, we had a s- pretty good interview with Michael Kennedy. So uh <laughs> this, this is, is what, what happens, happens when
2: you when your wife spoils you and you turn yeah, into this a is what, lazy gamer. <laughs>
0: this is what happens when you get a PlayStation 5 and you make $325 from your share on Patreon a month.
3: <laughs> Just drunk with power. <laughs>
0: So speaking of Patreon, before we get into shout-outs, uh, you can go to gutterboys.top or <laughs> patreon.com forward slash gutterboys. <laughs> and for $5 a month, you get bonus episodes on our off week. And uh for $10 a month, you can get a monthly comic zine mailed to you with uh, work from JB and I and some friends sometimes. One thing that we want to push that I think is kind of obvious, we do advertise on the show, but if you have a new comic coming out or you have some work that you want to, you know, have us do ad reads for, there is a Patreon tier for that. It's just $12 a month. So, $3 an episode, pretty affordable. So, if you want us to read about your comic, uh, subscribe to that tier and follow the instructions and we'd be happy to do an ad for you as well.
2: Also, there's a couple people there that subscribe to that tier that don't have a comic to promote and they just give us the extra money. You can do that too. That's pretty tight.
0: Yeah, they literally write in, hey, I just want to support some more. Actually, big shout out. Uh, I forgot dude's name, but I'm going to, but you know what? You know who you are. (laughs)
2: big uh, Shout out no, for God. Hang on, hang on. Let me pull it up. Yeah, we have dude, a Patreon. that. We're not gonna yeah. do them wrong like
0: that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God is gonna a take
2: his money and be
3: like, I don't remember.
0: Yeah, he. <laughs> Let me look at the messages. All right. All right. Yeah. So big shout out to our patron, uh, Ryan Brosmer. Ryan moved up to the international pimp tier, which is an extra $5 just to cover the shipping of uh, the zine tier to countries outside of North America. And uh, I messaged Ryan and I said, hey, Ryan, what's your address so we can send you your copy of Pimp Digest? And the dude sent back a United States address and said, I just bumped up to the international tier so you're actually making money on the zine. (laughs) So shout out to Ryan. You're more than welcome to do that as well. Well, if you're in the States, if you want to give us 15 bucks, that is awesome. Not that we're asking for it, but we don't make money on Pimp Digest, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah, we don't. We don't at all. Miscalculation, maybe? (laughs) Or uh, great value? What is it? (laughs) Yeah, chalk it up
1: to poor management.
2: But uh, either way, we appreciate uh, the uh, extra ducats being thrown our way. I'm just going to workshop this live. We could start doing um, mini episodes of like alternate themed shows because you know how friend of the show al and mike when they were doing virtual pros they also had car pros yeah and what else there was another thing they did like virtual bros was a thing right am i making that yeah, up. yeah there was yeah.
0: there was virtual pros virtual bros and then there was like a food related one right
2: well i think that's just a holdover from kissing contest Oh, okay, snack good, chats okay. shout out to kissing yeah. contest and don't um but yeah that, that was a great i miss that show i miss that show, <laughs> miss that show yeah. so much
0: So, we're spitballing live here, folks, but I think the next logical step for the Patreon is we might start doing more free episodes if we're able to get more money on Patreon to pay us to do the free episode. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense at
2: all. Uh, So We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, we're we're, we're figuring out how to do the Patreon and make some changes to it and uh, offer up a little bit more content. So, if you have any suggestions hit us up at gutterboyspodcast at gmail.com. We're at gutterboyspod on Twitter and Instagram. Also, while I'm here and plugging this shit before we get into shout outs, if you want to join our Discord, you can hit us up for a link. Just DM one of the accounts and just don't be a cop or a snitch tagger. And we got you. And um, also, you can send us your comics and we'll talk oh, about we'll them on the air like we're about, about yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we will also uh, post them on our Instagram now.
2: Also, if you have weed, uh, we'll take mm-hmm. that. That's fine. Yeah.
0: Yep, yep, yep. We like free stuff. We're not a, we're not opposed to you pitching free stuff to us, yeah. so DMs are open.
2: Old titty magazines, fuck it.
0: Cases of energy drinks, whatever you got. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, let's get into some shout outs.
2: Yeah. All right. So, first we got here, Jacob Bolin sent over a copy of his book, Heavy Ink. It's a quote unquote, a succinct collection of non-sequential artwork. It's black and white and uh, there are so many comics in it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's, it, uh, yeah, it's fun. I, I actually did enjoy it. Uh, I'm a big fan of- Yeah, it's got some nice drawings. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of black and white comics. I don't think there's enough. I don't think there's enough black and white comics in small press, if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah,
0: because, yeah, it seems like we're shifting away from that, but myself included. hmm uh, But yeah, you can find Jacob on Instagram at bola B-O-L-A, fun whole bowl of fun, and uh, check out his book, Heavy Ink. And uh, we also want to give a shout out to Colburn Pollock. Uh, They sent over some comics, Budsuckers, as well as Ill-Mannered Issues 1 and 2. Really wild looking stuff. I was flipping through it. I I haven't sent J.B. his copies yet just because they both got sent here, but really colorful, really kind of abstract. They did write in a note as well. They wrote, Hi, y'all. Hope you enjoy these. My at on Instagram, which is the best place to find me, has since changed to at Coco. Pollock69. That's C-O-C-O-P-A-L-U-C-K-69. And they concluded the note with keep up the good work, especially the sassy news segments. Love, Coco. So yeah, give Coco a follow. Check out their books. Thanks for sending those over.
2: And then lastly, we have comics from Cameron Hathaway. Uh, he sent over copies of Clusterfucks Comics and Fugu Comics. I believe he sent us Clusterfucks before, but maybe older issues.
0: Yeah, that was the first one he sent before. This is the brand new one, yes. number two. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can find Cameron online at Clusterfux Comics. That's C-L-U-S-T-E-R-F-U-X, C-O-M-I-X. And uh, yeah, issue two uh, was a lot bigger than issue one. More contributors, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Discord poster and uh, front of the show, Drew Hall from Columbus actually has a comic in there as well. So uh, definitely check that out. So, I guess that about does it. You know, as always, like we said, hit us up on Patreon, email us if you want to participate in the show. Yeah, let's, I guess let's that's get into it. the
2: interview because the interview is yeah. really great. Yep.
0: So, uh, we hope the interview uh, balances out this uh, low effort <laughs> intro. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. righty. So, uh, yeah. See you after the break with Michael Kennedy.
1: We'll be right back.
2: This program is brought to you in part by a generous donation of $12 by the Michael Sweater Foundation for the Arts. At Michael Sweater Foundation for the Arts, we are committed to supporting stuff that rocks. Michael Sweater encourages you to also sign up for the Gutter Boys Patreon and to buy the latest issue of Strangers, Bubbles, and other zines about comics. Also, please make more zines about comics and comics history. It doesn't even have to be good. Also, Silver Sprocket rules. Hey Gutter Gang, we just wanted to tell you a little bit about a webcomic that is also one of our Patreon supporters, Soggy Landing. Soggy Landing is an epic fantasy adventure about a weed wizard that stumbles into a gunpowder plot to smash the state. There's a lot of cartoon animals, magic, historical and literary references, drugs and flashbacks, songs, horror, gore, and the occult twice a week there are new pages of soggy landing at study group comics and there are over 200 pages of frogs bears and revolution waiting for you right now you can follow them on instagram at welcome underscore two underscore soggy underscore landing or at ian densford that's i-a-n-d-e-n s-f-o-r-d soggy landing hell yeah check it out
0: journey into the unknown World's Unknown is a brand new independent comics anthology brought to you by Chemical Garden Press and it's live now on Kickstarter. The book was created by cartoonist Gavin Mackey and features nine incredible artists with vastly diverse styles and stories. You can grab this beautiful 92-page paperback for only $9 plus shipping. A steal. They also have a bundle that comes with a beautifully illustrated exclusive shirt that you won't be able to buy anywhere else. You don't want to miss it. Back the project today by looking up Worlds Unknown on Kickstarter. Hope to see you there. To keep up to date on the anthology, follow at Chemical Garden Press on Instagram.
1: Now, back to our program.
0: Welcome back from the break uh, today. Joining us from across the pond. Uh, it is currently evening where he's at, and uh, it's the afternoon where we're at. But uh friend of the show and Birmingham, England based creator, Michael Kennedy. Michael has recently put out a series of comic books, Mint and uh, Mint 1.5, and has had work appear for Wired as well as the latest issue of McSweeney's. Uh, but we're going to talk about all that. Uh, more importantly, though, what's up, Michael?
3: Oh, I'm great. I'm good. <laughs> 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 hell yeah yeah i'm I'm still creasing from uh, the 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 trash tv talk to be honest oh yeah yeah we can get back into that if we
0: need to hey michael we used to do this uh not so much anymore but uh let's just go ahead and start it off hot why comics
3: oh f- fuck yeah what kind of, i don't know it's just one of the it's like anyone was just like you just get into it as a kid and then you kind of stick with it and I don't know. I, I'm at the point where it's just like, even if I want to do more things, it's probably going to like take from the cartoon form in some way, you know, I get, I get stuff like with the um, that Instagram account, the, the Nancy one, and then they were like talking about the shirt she made and they were like talking about the clouds and how Nancy's on clouds and the Dragon Ball stuff's on clouds. Like that's, that's what makes comics like so cool and interesting. Just that, like that wackiness.
0: So you said you did grow up as a reader of comics?
3: Yeah, yeah, I didn't have, like, the best kind of, uh, like, intro, I didn't have, like, all the comics to go through, because it was, like, it was, like, way after, like, that 90s, like, crash, and what I was was reading was from, like, 92 in, like, bargain bins in bookstores in, like, the middle of England, and it was, like, stuff they couldn't get rid of for about a decade, so right. it was all, like, just, but it was, like, amazing stuff, it was, like, this trashy, like, exploitationy, y Luke Cage stuff, and, you know, where, like, The Punisher teams up with him and he's like literally has like a skin transplant and he's like black for like three issues. Uh, That's, that was what I had to like read until I started going to like libraries. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i've never even heard of that art they did oh, something yeah. uh they did something similar in uh, an old lois lane comic like the cover i've got the issue somewhere around here but the cover is like lois lane on one side of the machine and then the other side of the machine a black woman is coming out and it's like uh <laughs> superman i've always wanted to spend a day to know what it's like being black with like exclamation points it's like
3: yeah what the fuck are you guys doing it's amazing <laughs> it's like it's just like, it's fucking disgusting and grotesque but it's just so it's just so fantastic just to have like this insane discourse. Cause like when when I like started getting into like the Harlem Renaissance and stuff in like the twenties and like it was the same concepts. It was just like really like bonkers ideas about changing skin colour, like invisible man stuff, you know, where it was like beyond the metaphor. It was yeah, it was <laughs> It's not something, like, a kid should be really be reading at all. Never mind. <laughs> like, never mind, like, the only black kid in, like, a town type thing. Like, a small town. It's like... <laughs> yeah. That's, I could see that being a little damaging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's it. That's, I think that's what's so, like, interesting about the comics, though, anyway, it? It's just, like, you can just, like, stumble on that and it's, like, totally unfiltered. And, like, your parents don't really give a shit. So you just like there looking at it like under the bed type shit. Yeah, that was that was uh, a formative influence, to say the least.
0: Definitely. So are you, are you originally from Birmingham or is that just where you've relocated to? Uh,
3: it's kind of where I've relocated to. So where my family's from, like my parents are from Birmingham, like huge like immigrant families, like Irish on my dad's side, like Asian on my mom from Barbados. But they like moved out to like, one of the satellite towns around Birmingham to, like, raise me and my brother. And it was just, like... The people that were already there were either, like, English, 100%, like, English, or there were people that moved from, like, Birmingham to get away from, like, immigrants in, like, the 70s. Like, that's where, you know, like, White Flight, like, that's where those guys, that's where they went. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a mad one, but it's, I mean, it kept it interesting, though. It keeps it interesting, you know. I I kind of, like, I live in the inner city now, so it's, like, where I probably would have grew up, you know, where it's just kind of, it's, like, a lot of just, like, kind of street life. I nowhere near, like, the American thing, though. Like whatever, what you guys get up to in the, in 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 America, it's just it's a totally different thing. But <laughs> 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 so I'm not I'm not claiming. But you know, but then again, like I guess it circles back to those comics where it was just like those comics with like. The Punisher being black, that was all set in like the inner city. And they were like, he was like, he'd like meet with Luke Cage and they'd have like this huge discourse about like policing in the cities and the FBI and stuff. And I'd just be like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) So is there still or was there a good art scene in Birmingham? Uh, It's it's good now. It's popping now because we were like so neglected as a city. Mm -hmm. Like London is always like where it's going to be at all the money is there, all the people are there, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, because of that, it's, like, this whole generation, really, of uh, artists in Birmingham that are just making really good work. And, like, some of it is comics, and it probably isn't the type of comics that I'm making, or, like, like, obviously of, like, the kind of independent tradition or, like, the American independent tradition. But, yeah, it's it's really vibrant here, and I think maybe the pandemic has made it somehow stronger, I don't know. What's it, like, mm-hmm. what's it like with you guys in your respective cities? Oh, Louisville is a,
0: uh, it's very uh, desolate when it comes to comics. I mean, there's a, an art scene, but they just like seem to paint wall murals that say, welcome to the Highlands and we love Louisville, <laughs> you know, or <laughs> yeah. keep Louisville weird. So it's very uninspired in my opinion. There's yeah. some cool music. You know, Louisville, I feel like is known more for music than uh, I guess art, but you know, I could be wrong there and it's just something I don't know about, but where I'm at, it's just close to non-existent.
3: Maybe, yeah. What about you, JB?
2: Well, uh, when I was living in Chicago, the scene there is very active. I mean, yeah. we, we probably bring it up, like, at least once per episode in terms of, like, the comic scene in Chicago.
3: Oh, yeah, I'd probably bring it up but this some point, too. It's just, like, it's just like number, number one, because I'm into, like, plays and stuff as well. So, it's just, like, Chicago is, is what I hope Birmingham's going to be, like, really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there
2: definitely is, uh, you know, a lot of, like, stage plays and theaters there. That's for sure. It's mm. very active. Mm.
3: Yeah, yeah. Are you into like musicals or plays? Uh, I'm into like plays. I don't. I don't. I watched Hamilton last year, and that was two hours I can't get back. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Were you or are you an actor? Nah. I think I. I always had. I think because comics is like such a like shit upon medium, or like if if like you know you can't. You can't get away with being like, oh, make the easy kit. Some people might be like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. But yeah, I think I always had that itch to do like other stuff. So, you know, I'm always like, I'm a cartoonist and I want to paint and I want to write plays and I want to make films as a thing Mm. so I think I kind of I didn't necessarily quit comics but I kind of got a bit fed up just cartooning for like an audience of just me a couple of years ago and then I was like it would actually be easier to become a playwright because I just I don't have to draw the actors or the stage like it's someone else's problem I just gotta do the two characters just like yelling at each other or whatever the fuck it is (laughs) and uh (laughs) yeah so i mean maybe in the future but you know and i also i get like stage fright like i can't get up on the stage i get shaky and um yeah like even before this i was just like huh I, i imagine you guys are used to it now doing all these podcasts but like for me i do it so little just that countdown at like last hour or two and i'm just like sweating (laughs)
0: well, <laughs> we try to make it as easy for the guests as possible but no i totally get it i mean now you know i don't really it's nothing it's kind of just like second nature but yeah it used to be kind of awkward for me at first especially when i would talk to people i admired on here i'm yeah. not saying that that's not special to me now but it's like it's easier for me to just you know i guess be quote-unquote professional right about it yeah yeah uh,
2: or about as professional as you can get on the gutter boys i guess right
0: yeah so did you go to like art school like well actually before we get into that how old are you uh, uh, 27. Okay, gotcha. So, mid-20s, did you go to art school or have any kind of formal
3: training? Uh, in terms of comics, like, no. I went to, like, a design school. I did visual communication, because at some point, I think, like, I left high school and I was just, I was, like, under Dole, like, you know, like, unemployment, and I was just like, I just didn't go to uni, so I just, like, applied to one uni, which was the one in Birmingham, and... It was, like, a really broad course where you can, like... It's, like, a really American idea where you, like, major in something. So, you do a bit of everything and then you kind of just major. And I ended up majoring in film and animation. But, yeah, like, I've never been, like... I've never done, like, a drawing class or anything Mm -hmm. outside of, like, high school art or whatever. So, yeah, it's all just, like, me just doodling away at home uh, as a kid, really. But, yeah... Well, let's let's talk about influences then. Like, uh, who
2: are the who are the artists that you were really getting into that either motivated you to make the work that you do, or at least informed the kind of work that you do?
3: That's a tough one though, because I've had a really like like varied thing. Because like the stuff I do now, I think is just informed by like the turn of the century, like newspaper stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like Harriman or you know, like Bringing Up Father or whoever, like all those guys. But before that, I was just like trying to do just american it's like american mainstream because that's all i really knew Mm -hmm. it's like following on from those like shitty marvel things it was like oh how do i do this drawing thing i think my brother went to like a signing in birmingham and there was like a marvel artist there from the midlands i think it was like it wasn't charlie adlard it was um i want to say mike perkins but my brother was like he just, like, happened upon it, and then he was just like, oh, my brother does this, what do I do? And then, like, Perkins was like, oh, just, like, do some pages, put them on, like, an internet forum, and then fucking you're on your own from then on. <laughs> right. So I did that for ages, so it was more just, like, really commercial or whatever was out at the time in terms of um, just, like, superhero comics. Like, I did that from, like, 17 to maybe, I don't know. It's... From the, from maybe about like twenty twelve to twenty seventeen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I think for right then I was just like studying film animation and just like getting into more like artsy stuff or more interesting things and figuring out who I was type of thing. I mean that doesn't answer your question at all, does it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. It does. <laughs> it does. I, I was basic and then something happened, and then. I think I was basic, and then I, I I realized I was like the stuff I was reading as a kid was way more edgier and interesting than I thought it was. Or people, other like writers on forums that were trying to get me to like pitch with them and stuff, wanted me to be type of thing. Like I've been I've been through like that whole ringer of just like uh, pitching and right, yeah, mad one. Do you still have all that old work? Uh, some of it. I got some stuff that like I considered just for like irony, just like putting on the website. Yeah. But then I was just like, this is dog shit. This is fucking <laughs> dog <dark> shit. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd and, be curious to see it. Oh, my God. I thought I was hot shit. That's the problem. Like, when you're that age, I, I just thought this was, like, publishable. And, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. And then, like, I just end up getting, like, a huge trip on my shoulder as to why, like, 2000 AD wouldn't publish me. And, yeah, I mean, the answer is obvious. But, I mean, at the same time, like, fuck 2000 AD that publishing young cartoonist period never mind my shitty drawings um
0: (laughs) is that like the place to publish there i mean i know they're based over there but you know is that like when you're making comics over in england is that like you know like over here in america i guess like the dream is you get published by marvel or dc like that's the beginning goal before you decide you want to go into independent comics or whatever like is that is 2000 ad like do they have the presence there is that like kind of their position
3: in a way, in terms of like, they pay the amount of money you need to get onto like a magazine stall in like a supermarket or like a big bookstore, no one else really can or they can for a time and they fade away after like six issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of got like this pedigree of like still being in business and maybe, you know, on the face of it, that is kind of like, oh, if you want to do this for money, this is where you go. But, you know, I don't. <laughs> Like really it's it's more just like a a fad and it's more to do with like the film stuff and like oh how do you become a millionaire type thing. Yeah.
2: -hmm. yeah. Which
3: at the same time I don't think people that work at two thousand AD become millionaires unless they've actually created something. Which they don't do because they're just like fucking milking, old dread whatever it is called. Yeah, and all those guys, you know. It's just like an IP farm. Like I used to go on these forums for two thousand AD. That was like one of the main collaborative spaces blah 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 and it was like they're all like sweet people like but it was kind of just like middle-aged fans that just love dread and love their childhood and you know they were just honoring that all the time right yeah so in terms of like any kind of british mainstream comic it's totally barren you know Hence, hence, why I'm out here schlepping it with the Americans. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get, you know, when I started doing the illustration stuff for like the websites, like they didn't even realize I was British. I like, I had to tell them, and they were like, oh, I had no idea. Hmm. You know, I was like, maybe you should check before you, like, offer me all this money to do like a little internet drawing. Like, where, where, the, <laughs> <laughs> like, even tax wise, they were just like so casual about it. They just assumed I was American. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, uh, I could gather that from looking at your work and kind of assuming that, you know, you're an American artist because I think a lot of the stuff you're pulling from seems very American in its source.
3: Good part. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do, you know, over time, I think the more as I got into, like, what I wanted to make work about in terms of, like, race and whatnot, you know, obviously America has, like, such a huge influence on that and just, you know, British stuff for that is either just, derivative of americans anyway so I, mm-hmm. thought I might as well just go to the source and you know hence with all like the theater stuff because it was i got into theater theater mostly because i was looking at like the newspaper stuff from last century and like how all those guys were like they were like also stage performers they were like cartoonists stage performers it was all connected to like vaudeville and whatnot so that was really um yeah that's it's like the big influence really i suppose just, like, this kind of, you know, early racist, like, film, comics, and theater is, like, all I needed.
2: Uh, what would you say would be, would have been the, uh, kind of, gateway book or artist that really led you down this path?
3: It'd be the Smithsonian book. Because when I was working on Chamol with, with with John Har- uh, Dunning, he was just, like, super getting me into stuff and, like... There's like some scenes in chamoult that at least reference some of that comics history. Are you
0: talking about the *Newspaper Smithsonian*
3: book? Yeah, yeah, the big. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Smithsonian. I know they have they have two. That I have.
0: I have the Smithsonian uh, newspaper collection and they have one that's like the Smithsonian comics collection, which is like little Lulu reprints and, you know, little Abner and stuff like that. So oh, it just, yeah. I don't
3: have that yeah. one. I got I just got the, um, you know, the one with the big ass
0: one. The big ass one. Yeah. Yeah. The other one's smaller. But yeah, they did another one that's got like a lot of comics from like the it's like history of comics from like I think the uh, 20s until the 70s or 80s, I believe. Ah. so if you can
3: find it yeah check that out too i will man yeah cause it's like that the the, the big one it, it blew my mind that was like oh for sure in terms of just like i think because i always pushed against comics because i wasn't happy with you know i was satisfied with you know like clouds and and all that but i think i wanted a bit more complexity to the to everything that was going on mm-hmm. and i think that though that, that big one in terms of like the early newspaper stuff where it's just like 12 panels at least or like nine panels at least nine big panels and it was just like a total it was like architecture and literature and it can be as complex or as uh simple as you wanted it it was just like yeah that was like it was a total revelation you know i probably if i if i could do huge things like that and not like become totally broke by it i probably would well, and that's – you're talking about format-wise, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's something I did want to bring up with you. It seems like something that you're always experimenting with in your comics. You know, you've got some risograph comic books. You've got uh, some that are very small. You've got some that are standard size. Is that something that you just think about before the project starts or do you actually do the art and then you think about format afterwards?
3: Uh, it's usually – art first like i wish i could be as smart to be like oh it's going to be like this exact measurement or you know i'd I'd love to be able to have like a book where like there's like inserts that are different sizes you know like go like the full art spiegelman on it as it were Mm -hmm. but you know i'm not I'm, i'm just not quite there yet maybe i need to work with like a book designer or something
0: I would say that it seems like you're there from a uh, fan perspective. Like, every time I get one of your books, I just marvel at the production of it. So... thank you. I mean that in the best way possible, yeah. So, are you working full-time as an artist, like, between freelance and comics?
3: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know that answer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, because... I started doing the editorial stuff for like all the news sites last, this time last year. It was like just over a year into that. So, yeah, but before that, I was just like so stubbornly into art. I was just like willingly in poverty for it. <laughs> I was just, I, I did like, I had some work as just like a pot wash for a bit at a football club. And that was kind of about it in terms of income uh outside of like comics or drawing but yeah i think now i'm this is what i thought being a full-time artist would be and like the past 10 years prior was just like one long internship or something mm. of suffering and all the usual shite but yeah i don't know it's it it's a tough one because like you guys are like doing this full-time right uh yeah pretty much at this yeah. point yeah but like the only difference is that my, my income's just coming from like the fucking condé Nast conglomerate monster
2: yeah so the pay is better yeah yeah Yeah, you're 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 killing us yeah
3: Yeah, very much (laughs) so. i'm I'm like part of the problem now or something like (laughs) i I used to I, i was just like like before before that before this year like it was just i was just a totally different kind of entity and then i just started selling out like a little bit and then suddenly i've got like the funds to pay for like these comics that i could never get published before so I think maybe in terms of like experimenting with books and stuff, I probably, I'm only at a point now where I could probably drop a bit of money on a large format thing and not like cry about it really, you know, but, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Full-time artist, I guess. Sure.
0: <laughs> now, as far as like the comics that you're making, um, I mean, of course the pandemic shut the world down, but were you tabling at events over there and whatnot before uh, the pandemic?
3: No, I was a fucker. I didn't do that. I was just antisocial, and I never had anything printed for like ages. Because my brother ran a printing press for a bit, and he printed some stuff, but I just hated it. I hated what the work was and all that. And okay, yes, yeah, so, and also like I was, I was a bit of a drunk. Put it that way. Mm. Yeah, So Seems to be yeah. common in England. You know what? Or in your early twenties. <laughs> yeah. Or <already> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really common. You're t- like to just grow up. Like, walk out of high school into becoming like a part time, maybe full time binge drinker. Right. Yeah. yeah for, I sure. Did, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And that's what I I did for until, I don't know, like three years ago, two, three years ago. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You all get an was, early
2: start, though, right?
3: Hey? Yeah.
0: You guys get to start at 18, right? Isn't that the drinking age in England? Oh, yeah.
3: Wait, what's it for you guys? Like 20? 20. It's 21 here. 21. Yeah. See, that's good because you can, like, Spend that 18 to 21 and kind of find yourself a little bit in terms... Well, I found I myself say, outside the liquor store paying yeah. people to get me booze. Yeah, so. I was to say, that all <laughs> didn't really do much in the way of uh, dissuading kids. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I just respect the grind to just like get people to go and get you liquor and like maybe they won't come back with it, right? How many times... How much have you lost from like people just keeping that money?
0: Well, usually it's, you usually get the bottle, but it's one of those things where the bottle costs like $8 and you gave them a 20 and you don't get the change back.
3: Yeah, that's like the that's oh, the worst see, you that ever happens screwed. with that.
2: I never had to deal with that shit.
0: Well, that only happened to me like twice. And it was because like it was like dire straits. Oh, but,
3: okay, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Is it like the whole life of the party depending on you getting that one bottle of liquor? Yes. Yeah. Yes, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes.
2: If you wanted to have a good time that night, that was pretty much the only way you were going to go about doing it.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: you're like texting with your friends in the group text on your, uh, you know, flip phone at the time or whatever, trying to uh, figure out who's going to be able to get it and who knows somebody 21 that's willing to do it. Um, which is the yeah.
2: nice thing of being raised in like a small town or suburb. It's where, you know, you're probably going to know someone who's of age and who will absolutely be okay with buying you booze. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, yeah, man. But, you know, most of my experiences, probably saying my partner, actually. Yeah, it's just like, you just like shoplift that shit. When you're like, <laughs> when you're like sixteen or like fifteen or something, and then like you're going to like a field, and then you know, etc. etc. We, et we did
0: field parties in uh, Kentucky a lot, so had plenty oh, yeah, plenty of times yeah. not yeah. knowing my limits and just throwing up in somebody's <laughs> you know acre of land. Right,
3: <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that was just like in my tank because it's like. It's, like, a medieval town, so there's, like, a whole swathe of, like, marshland, which is where it all, like, floods and, like, protects the castle or some stupid bullshit. And every- (laughs) at the end of every, like, graduation, everyone would, like, get drunk on that bit of land It's like, called a weir, and that was- I shit you not, just, like, smack bang in the middle of the commercial area where everyone was doing, like, their Sunday shopping. Like, all (laughs) the huge- and, like, in the field across the road, is just, like- 100 to 200 16 year olds just being very leery and um yeah exploring themselves and whatnot yeah right and then like it but then it's like the police i think i think the police always knows that it's going to happen because they only turn up at like the most convenient time to uh bust everyone it's like right. you know kind of like home time like 5 p.m or something when they know everyone's like two hours of like Vodka in, and suddenly they can like round us up like geese or and not have too much um, <laughs> resistance as well because they were just like everyone's hammered. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, that was uh, my life for seven years. Not really, <laughs> not really, but, <laughs> 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 but yeah, no. it happens to the best of us. Yeah, again, yeah, very it's relatable. True. It's true. And I kind of had to just like lay it down and, and, and stop because I wasn't making the work I wanted to make. And I was too hungry to, over to do the work. And I, I couldn't afford to print the stuff. So it just, you know, it's an all-round, better... Um, I took so a better you, deal. Have you stopped drinking
2: entirely or is it just moderation now?
3: Oh, yeah, I stopped drinking entirely. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. I just loved it too much. I was too good at it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought I, I, I was just like, such, like a, a intellectual, sensitive person. But like when, when I stopped drinking and then like... My friends from home, they'd talk about me in this like reverential, like, you could like compete with the best of them. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? And like, he was so mean and so aggressive. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I was a, I was a, I was that guy. A proper lad, lad. you were. A proper lad. That was it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Vance. Yeah. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, my days.
0: So, um, as far as, uh, you know, what you're working on comics wise, uh, I did say at the beginning of the show, uh, you know, you just recently had a piece in McSweeney's. Uh, you know, congratulations for that. It was printed beautifully. I'm a subscriber, so it was a nice surprise to open up and uh, see that there. Yeah. Uh, but you do, yeah, you do work a lot in, you know, for, like you said, for other companies and so forth. Is that you mainly putting yourself out there or people hitting you up? You know, because a lot of times we get questions from listeners saying, you know, how do you get work as an artist? If you don't
3: mind kind of talking about your experience with that. Yeah, this is like actual useful information as opposed to, <laughs> binge binge drinking um yeah like because <laughs> like, I get this question I get asked this shit too and it's just like I've been quite fortunate I can like stumble into stuff like this and I know people are like grinding for ages and they're like but yeah I I was like following like an art director we were like mutually following each other for like three years uh Claire and you know that that was fine and I never really expected anything to come of it But at one point I was just like so broke that I was just I just like put some of the better pages from Mint, like the fashion ad stuff where it's like yellow with like the alien, like the blue people. Like I put that stuff up and because it was like the most illustratory type thing I had. I was like, I just need some like gigs. And um, yeah, she messaged me on the back of that. And, you know, that that still might be like the biggest commission I've had so far and it was for uh, Level, which is who I still work for. They do, like, think pieces for just, like, black men, like, kind of, like, intellectual pieces, and then, like, they interview, like, the guy from the Isley Brothers type thing and see what he's up to now, and yeah, so it kind of started from that where she approached me, and from that point on, I was, I just, like, switched up my whole attitude. I was like... I'm going to, like, get this stuff on time, be, like, super courteous, like, write professional emails and then, you know, like, deliver the work on time and, like, go above and beyond. And, um, yeah, like, from there, I did a few more things with her. And come summertime, he offered me a gig doing this weekly column, which I still do, the only black guy in the office. And then I was, like, working enough I like done enough of those, and like I kind of dedicated my life to that stuff. Cause I was like, I'm just not gonna hold this down. Like it's a regular check. I've never had that before. Um, it allows me to have like four days of the week off, and then you know things kind of snowballed from then. Like other people just started emailing me and all that, and yeah, that was kind of, <laughs> that was kind of it. But that, you know, I, I know that if I actually like kicked myself up the ass and like wrote those emails and like looked for feedback and like networked properly. You know, I might have had that a few years ago, as opposed to like, when I'm like 26. So I know a lot of people can't, well I could barely survive, like as a a person on this planet until then. Like I know a lot of people can't so, I mean my only advice would be to just like, just keep networking, because I didn't and it took me this long. (laughs) Um, And I know there are people that are like much better illustrators at their age than I was at their age type of thing, uh, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So it's really just about pestering these art directors and making yourself feel approachable and available. Because I probably wasn't that before. I was still like on some edgy, like, I hate like capitalism and white people stuff, which is just like everything that my, the job is now founded on is literally <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> right. the, core te- yeah. the core tenets of what I do is founded on exactly that. So I think as soon as I stopped uh, raiding against them and was like, maybe we can work together to, you know, I could at least represent in some cartoonish way for people, these like serious issues. But it was all, it was all just a, a, a fluke. And I feel very lucky to be working in this field, really. I mean, all the columns I work on, are office stuff, I've never had a job in an office. I, I would never survive in that environment. I would just, I just fucking steal staplers and stationary until they fire me and (laughs) make comics from the stationary I stole hell yeah yeah so
0: let's uh, oh yeah so I do want to talk a little bit about mint so far there are two issues mint number one and then mint number one and a half and then if I'm not mistaken I think you said mint two was coming out this fall but um one thing that I want to talk to you about because it's a little interesting is the first issue and I guess one and a half is you know different but you seem to put out different editions of the same issue um like I know you're about to put out like what I'm assuming is going to be the final version of mint number one. That's right, yeah. What is it about going and, you know, taking parts out, adding parts into the same issue? Because I've actually, I don't think, maybe it's been done, but I don't think I've seen an artist, you know, put out the same book with like little tweaks and whatnot. And I'm not hating on it at all. I think it's an interesting approach. But what's the thought process behind that?
3: Look, I'm... I don't have an editor, I don't have a publisher, it's just me, so, like, like I'm gonna do that, aren't I? <laughs> If no one's there controlling it, i like, I can just print the thing, I'm gonna go back and be a little perfectionist, and, like, be like, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Yeah, I mean, with Mint 1, because I hadn't really, I think with Mint 1, I was just glad that I managed to print a hundred of something, and get it out there, and it was kind of, like, felt like, a substantial amount of comics that was done just by myself. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I did, like, that insert thing where I had all this kind of, like, guilt and whatever, that fold-out thing where I was just like, oh, I did this thing and I didn't like it that much. And then I realised maybe I should reletter that or something. I don't know. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's more just, you know, me being pedantic and, like, you know, s- sleeping on things for too long, sitting on files for too long, not necessarily <laughs> showing people... Like I'm trying to change. I am trying to change. But yeah, it's 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 is largely informed just by being a quote unquote perfectionist or mm-hmm. you know, maybe just scared of just committing to like that final edition or something. I I'd probably benefit from someone just taking it off me at some point and being like, It's gonna be this you know, or else or else the work would be out years sooner, probably, you know. I mean it's a shit. I don't know. It's maybe when later on in life it'll be a much easier thing to do because I know what type of comics consist of a Michael Kennedy comic. You know, when, when you like when I asked you about like the McSweenies and you were like, it just feels like a step into your own identity. It was like to do like what I liked about that was that to do those eight pages for McSweenies, like I had to do so many, like a hundred pages of like, you know, su- pseudo uh like early 20th century newspaper strips um, so yeah there's a lot of perfection going around i don't know do do you guys not get feel that though do you- You guys think that way.
0: Yeah, no, no. I hate fucking everything that I put out as soon as it's done. I just leave it alone because I would go crazy if I just like, you know, got into a cycle of fixing my stuff um, just because I, you know, uh, but that's just me. I'm just uh, different. But I do think it's interesting that you do that because uh, it's interesting to see the evolution of the book into what you actually want it to be. Right. Yeah, so I mean, like, to be able to trace that, you know, process, I think is interesting. But yeah,
3: I'd never seen it before. So I just wanted to ask about it, because I did, I do find it interesting. I think maybe it does happen before, but it happens like a decade later. And I just do like six months later or something, you know, where they like go, oh, we're gonna re-release such and such uh, graphic novel, and then like, add like a short story they did or something, or re-tran- yeah. retranslate it or something. I feel like, I had those kinds of weird concerns. I, I had these concerns on my mind that are like the concerns of like Penguin Random House, but they're all just like in my head for some reason about this particular project. I, I imagine it's like the same thing what's going on. When you say oh, you're going to go crazy with it, it's 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 really similar to that. It's, <laughs> there's very little uh, like technical or skill to it, I think. It's just uh, stress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just stress. <laughs> like... Uh. i will tweak stuff if
2: i'm given the opportunity to do it like for example uh, i just finished a short comic for riot fest and you know i turned it in on like sunday morning uh but it was technically due i think that following monday so i turned it in early and uh as per usual The editor or art director or the guy responsible for all of this uh, has not responded to any emails. Still? Yeah. And so, during the last, like, four or five days, I've just been going back to that comic and reworking things and rereading things and finding things didn't, you know, work the way I wanted it to or the pacing seemed off or the way I worded things didn't make sense. So... Uh, that thing has gotten tweaked probably like six or seven times uh, since I turned it in originally, uh, and now finally it's at that point where I can just leave it be.
3: Nice. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Where it's just like, especially with comics, because it's so so many things have to be right before it's just right. And right. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's what I'm kind of having to contend with, where I'm like. I want to go fucking to like crank it up to 11 on the artwork and then I realize the writing on it isn't as up to scratch as it should be so I publish it like unlettered and then I realize oh I can actually write it now and then republish it but then that's like a whole it's like a whole rollout and it's just like and then I feel bad because I'm like oh all these people bought mint one and etc (laughs) etc. Right. But, you know, I feel... I mean, I'll run it by you guys when I do it because I'd, I'd love to get your opinion because when I, like, collate it together, I'll just be like, oh, this is actually work as a, a second edition? But, you know, I think I'm getting to the point where maybe it is becoming, like... Its own like kind of like technique or practice or whatever where I do these things and don't necessarily mess with them and kind of like collage it all together. It's a because like Mint Two is going to be like a hundred pages.
2: Oh wow! Okay, wow! Wow!
3: I've (laughs) I did a bunch for it that was really just like loose and free and then like the issue with that when it came to putting it together was like how do these things work together etc etc and like how do i make these things kind of seem cohesive or not and that's kind of been what i've been pottering away on so that it is kind of like one thing you know so i think i'm actively trying not to be you know produce different editions or like reiterate or redefine what the comic is Hopefully, maybe maybe, it's, maybe that might be the what's good about him. I don't know. We'll see.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to see the revised edition that you're coming up with and kind of comparing it with the previous issue.
3: I think it's more... I haven't actually changed the artwork itself. So what I did was there was like the In Mint 1, that was like 16 pages, which had that like blue character. Yeah. And then I realized I quite liked that character, but I just didn't like what I was doing with her. So I kind of took those pages out. I just kind of like gutted it out, which was like a third of Mint One. And then I put in some Crayola stuff. So like this reissue of Mint One is just gonna be like a light version maybe. So Sounds almost like a supplemental copy. Almost, yeah. Like See. whoever book whoever's got that first one is is got like the meaty version. And right. the second one's just gonna be kind of like, yeah, supplemental or, you know, maybe just Maybe just more a more accessible one. I don't know, yeah. but somewhat refined, somewhat refined, a little less edgy. Yeah, smoothed off edges type thing. So yeah, so that's kind of I'm keeping that as like low, um, low workload as possible. Yeah, but you know, I think with Mint Two, you'll probably be like this is like if i took those like the pages i weren't you know happy with with that blue character and like turned it into like a whole fucking operating kind of uh comic you know i'm trying i think that's really what i'm trying to do i'm just trying to find my own like nancy or crazy cat really i think that's Mm. probably why i tinker with shit because i'm like i'm just trying to like get it down to like its simplest expression
2: right as a
3: cartoon instead of like a uh an IP farm. I'm just like, how do I don't want to make this more of a cartoon? How do I want to like whittle it down Yeah. But yeah, it's it's an ongoing process for sure.
2: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm uh, I'm excited for both the revised issue one and also issue two, so just get it done. Send it to us. <laughs>
3: i'll do it i'm on track i feel like i've gotten better at like saying when things are gonna be out because i used to be like i'm doing this now i used to be like proper adhd and just be like it's gonna happen and then like burn out after a month right and yeah, then yeah, right. it never comes out but now i'm kind of like <laughs> mid is coming out in the fall and then i'm just like fucking around with like these mini comics in between and um yeah hopefully that it, it all goes to plan awesome So,
0: with the page count of that being pretty substantial, is this going to be a book, like an actual bound book?
3: Well that's kind of, this is where, you know, when I'm talking about like formats and stuff where I'm like, really it needs to be, in my mind, like a hardcover book. Mm -hmm. But as like a financial outlet, that is like huge. Like the printers I have are good. They're really great for like the the saddle stitch, like the staple stuff. Yeah, right. But when it comes to the binding, I'm looking at, you know, like a a hundred copies. It's going to be like a grand to a grand two grand right. of words and it's like yeah yeah and it's like i know it's like i'm just so tempted because like i feel like it could be as good as like you know like the recent palookaville like the recent seth stuff mm-hmm. you know right uh, in terms of as a hardback thing with like all the like the graphics and stuff but i i just <laughs> i can't drop that amount of money i just can't like, it's just ridiculous have you Sh- have you tried shopping yeah, I was around gonna say Sorry, but,
2: because this looks like something ad house would put out instantly maybe or, you know, some
3: other company yeah, yeah. yeah. but again like I'm, um, i'm really enjoying this the self-publishing route mm-hmm. you yeah. know i'm just like really loving it and in terms <laughs> mostly because no one's no one's telling me what to do except for myself and right. maybe yeah my partner when i'm up too late type thing and that's mm-hmm. kind of all the management i'm willing to accept at this point in my life <laughs> right yeah <laughs> after after a life in like the the ip farming type comics but um yeah i don't know i might shop it ship it around but yeah i'm, I'm being at the minute I'm, I'm i'm on that self-published self-distributed thing yeah
0: well you could even try to kickstart it i feel like Kickstarter is like there's People saying that's the biggest distributor, you know, if you want to look into some kind of crowdfunding, I feel like you would have a successful venture. That's a good uh, just point. Just my personal opinion.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's like, what with you guys, like, with your Kickstarter, what really, is that really, like, a huge draw? Like, the fact you can manage all those orders and ship them out?
0: Well, I don't think we've said it on the show, but we have a distribution system in place that we're not even going to be touching those books.
3: Hey... Yeah, that's it, so um,
0: it's still it's still independent and going to be self-funded but yeah, you know, we're using uh i don't want to say too much about it publicly well i'll tell you off air but it's just one of those things where we've we've got a distributor in place that'll be able to get it into bookshops
3: i uh, get yeah, yeah that's that's like that's what i'm kind of looking for but it's just like always oh, it's the time like finding something like that so yeah we'll talk about it off air but you know in terms of self-publishing like, like i feel like i've got the funds to get it printed but yeah things like distribution are still a mystery to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even when it comes to like i can do 100 copies of something and still do my day job and have like a functioning life but i think even 200 copies of something is gonna be a push never mind like 400 upwards you mean as
0: far as like packing and shipping it yourself
3: oh yeah 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 mm. mm-hmm. are you still
0: for sure
2: well I, I i would say that you know the experience that you may have dealing with a publisher like, uh, I don't know, Ad House or Floating World or any of these like smaller alternative press publications, the oversight is going to be minuscule compared to these IP farms because, you know, those people know exactly what it is that they want because they're seeing it as just content. You are the content producer and they're going to package it and sell it out. And that's how that works. But with guys like Ad House, it's very much like, okay, what, what are you wanting to put out? Like, what is your idea of what this book is going to be like? You know, do you have a preference with paper stock, how the book is going to feel in the reader's hands, that kind of thing. So, and you know, you don't even have to do this for issue two. This could be something that you could do way farther down the road, collecting all of these mint issues into a, like a proper hardcover bound book. But I I would say, you know, a publisher like At House would definitely welcome you.
3: Yeah, man, that's the that's dream, is it? Just um, finding a, a publisher that it just gets it, you know? I think, unfortunately, because we're in the publishing industry, because, I, I mean, I had a book out with Self-Made Hero, and, you know, as lovely as they were and whatnot, I think, I mean, this probably might have been just me and the writer actually pushing it in a certain way. But, yeah, even at that level, which is still considered, like, independent, graphic novels you know it's Mm -hmm. still it's still like royalty driven or you know how do we make costs back or and like i think this is is maybe why i kind of like enjoy like doing the stuff with the websites it's kind of like you know where the money's coming from with that Mm -hmm. stuff you know after all that stuff with like no brow you know i think
2: oh god yeah yeah (laughs) like
3: (laughs) you know like they're kind of transparent like, like i love self-made hero and i'm not saying that they're doing shady shit but it's um yeah i think the publishing industry is the publishing it like is what it is isn't it yeah i think ad, yeah ad house seems like a cool guy seen like in he's worked with people that i respect and they seem to have had a, a really great time with working with ad house so yeah
0: for sure. Now, um, I do want to get into questions, but before we do, is there anything that you want us to uh, talk about before we get into these questions, Michael?
3: Maybe, Max. Like we were talking about merch the other day on Instagram, and like we got, we like touched upon it, and then I felt like that could have just like exploded as a, a conversation in terms of like because I was saying how I was able to like send you guys copies and stuff, and it it, and it doesn't really affect me financially, mm-hmm. but like because I know that you know. There's more there's gonna be more money in I like, doing a t-shirt or something type of thing like, we couldn't swap t-shirts really because it's 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 gonna be like what 10 15 bucks going towards so i was kind of just like been thinking a lot about comics and how you know maybe just like i don't know i'm gonna just, this is a more tangential question than i thought it would be but yeah i was just thinking about like the music industry and like how they don't really make that much money from like streams and mm-hmm. how it's all merch like i'd buy like the freddie gibbs stuff and stream the album like i'd buy the sweatshirt i got the sweatshirt and this shirt and whatever but i'm not gonna probably buy the album unless it's like free with the sweatshirt type thing so i was kind of <laughs> like interested because you guys seem to be doing probably like the most cutting edge in terms of like putting stuff out
0: Yeah, I mean, JB was doing merch before, well, not before doing comics, but like before we started the show, JB's kind of had his foot in that. And, you know, I've done a couple of t-shirts. As far as like profit margins, I think it's critical to being an artist. Mm. Uh, It's, you know, I mean, you could sell a $10 comic all day, but the most you're going to make off that thing is what, $6, $7, assuming you can get it printed for, you know, somewhat cheaply. And, you know, you look at the overhead on a t-shirt and the profit margins are just so much higher. And, you know, I've I've said it on the show, but in America, I can't speak for, you know, where you're at, but in America... America, a lot of these shows have like really high table fees. So, you know, you're losing money by traveling to the show, plane tickets, so forth. And then, you know, you have to pay your fee just to be there. And I don't think I would ever be able to make all of that money back just based off comic sales. Like I have to pad it out with like tote bags or T-shirts.
2: We also don't have big money items in terms of comics, you know, like we're not Mm. selling giant paperback books or we're not selling giant hardcover books or artist editions or all that stuff Mm. where as an artist, if you're tabling at these shows, that is where you're making the bulk of your money besides commissioned work, obviously. But uh, I would say that those big marker items like those books, if you have a big giant stack of books and they're hefty, then that would be fine. But we don't, we don't really have that yet. So
0: yeah, we're on floppies and zines for the most part. Right. Yeah.
3: Hell yeah, yeah, same. Like it's, and that's it. It's, it's like, until we can do something where it's just like, it can compete with like a 40 quid Clyde fans hardcover, it's actually, it's impossible to make like a, a huge return on a single book. Like at this point, uh, I'm just considering like, if I did Mint 2 or something, I'd probably do like some t-shirts, like like a bundle type thing, because it it just makes sense. It just makes like total financial sense to, um you know, bulk it up a bit.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Stranger Zines and you know, Eddie over there is definitely going that route with his last two comic related shirts. Yeah, yeah and, and I, uh, you know, they seem to be doing well. So that's it. it so yeah.
0: do, well, and I and I did notice that you had recently put up some hats for Mint up on your store. Do you view Mint as like a brand, or do you, or is that like a, a hat for the comic?
3: That's it. I, I, that's it. It was like it's kind of because Mint is such a. Um, it means, like, whatever other definitions it has outside of my karmic. I was kind of like, maybe people would, like, fuck with this or at least wear it in the street just as, like, oh, it's just, like, a streetwear brand or something. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. It's not, like, right. the same as having, like, I don't know, Spider-Man on it or something. Yeah. Right,
0: yeah, yeah, like it looks stylish and cool.
3: Yeah, you're not gonna get like this shit beaten out if you were in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah, it's because it's mint. That's fucking
2: mint. Yeah, you know? exactly. And then <laughs> yeah.
3: so uh, yeah, so like there's like that kind of potential, but like just generally as an artist, I'm just like I get so I have such existential issues with perhaps just like audience, where it's like I I love most of the audience I've like pretty much everyone that's bought mint, like I've really just vibed with because they're other Mm -hmm. cartoonists. But it's like, there's like kids, like the stuff I want to talk about, I feel like, especially with everything that's been going on with like the BLM stuff and all that in terms of like education, it's like how old, you know, I can't, I don't feel like I can be waiting for people to hit like their mid-twenties a vibe with my message or like the characters or feel represented or whatever so i'm kind of just like maybe i can just like do a bit of give a bit of leeway in terms of like reaching other people with at least aesthetically or maybe they maybe just taking one of the characters from mint and putting it in another context yeah yeah that will help might reach someone. And, like, they'll be like, oh, that's cool. Or I feel heard or seen or whatever. Right. So, yeah, that's kind of, like, you know, life goals, you know. But at the minute, I mean, with the hats, I actually just got the hats because I was, like, walking around, like, selfridges which is like the big like fucking department store thing and i was like i was looking for like a particular type of cap because i got a big head and um yeah so i was like i need like big heads unite yeah well that's it we got big big noggins big (laughs) big hats yeah so i was like and the only one i could find was like an off-white cap and it was like 185 pounds
1: yeah it's crazy And it
3: was like it was and i basically found the exact same format like the surf cap and then instead of like off white at the bottom, I just put mint in white and I was like, that's me done. But I was like, I might as well just like try and make the dash back and like at least like I got them on the store at a profit, but like low key just pays like the manufactured cost of like 15 quid and it's just like, I'll send right. you one. And I yeah. just recoup it that way and get like, like a street wear let- good hat with my own thing on It only cost me like 15 quid at the end of the day. So yeah, it right. was, you know. But I mean, the the ethos there is just like fucking make the clothes you want to wear and make the comics you want to read type thing, and hopefully people vibe with it. But you know, it was at the same time. Thank you, Condé Nast, for um funding my fucking <laughs> radical satire of this bullshit fucking planet. Um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Alrighty, so it's that time of the show where we uh, get into some user questions. As always, if you want to participate with us here, you can find us on social media at GutterBoysPod. About once a week, we usually put up a uh, little questionnaire where you can submit questions for us to answer or for our guests. Or if you want to write in to us, you can uh, email us at GutterBoysPodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, we also take questions on our Discord channel, which you can come to as long as you are not a cop. And uh, if you want an invite, just uh, message us on Instagram at at Gutter Boys Pod, or my personal account, at Cam Del Rosario. But uh, yeah, Michael, you got a few questions, so let's go ahead and get into these.
2: First question comes from the Gutter Boys Discord, friend of the show, Beef Jams Mark. Uh, he asked, can you ask Michael what the deal with that Spiritus book was? It was the coolest looking book I'd seen in a long time, and I wanted more.
3: Yeah, that's, that was like, That was such a long time ago, but it it basically folded because, for a start, like the communication just broke down in terms of what I was getting from the writer and the vault team uh, to the point where I was just like, I just had to walk away and, like, try and earn a living somewhere else or some other place but yeah it was I think it was a book that because we started in 2014 with another publisher and then we moved to Heavy Metal and then that deal broke down because of like IP related arguments with like the CEO of Heavy Metal and the writer and then I think it moved to Vault when the writer moved to Vault as a a designer on the books that it was kind of it wasn't necessarily wanted it wasn't like a winning horse you know, but you know, I, I, I'm proud of the work I did on those two issues and I wanted to do more and it just didn't work out that way. So I'm sorry, (laughs) but by (laughs) mint. (laughs)
2: nice nice. alrighty
0: next question comes from our discord as well Um, Drew B. Hall asked "Uh, I'd be interested in knowing more about Michael's workflow like how does he balance illustration work comics paintings etc he seems to have a crazy output of things that are all very different and I'd like to know more about how he spins all those plates
3: Uh, start the paintings don't finish them uh take like (laughs) a long time to do the comics definitely do your illustrations on time yeah i don't know like that's it it's just like it's just a pro it's like a marathon not a sprint so you know i might chat big shit on big game on the fucking the gram it might look like it's popping all the time but you know i spend i spend more time thinking about this stuff than maybe even working on it so yeah, it's not the, the plates aren't spinning; they're just on the it's on the side, aren't they?
2: They're on fishing lines.
3: They're on fishing lines. <laughs> yeah, gotta keep up that I'm illusion. Eat, I'm eating nothing. That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. There you go.
2: <laughs> what's uh, what's some good? I mean, this is not a question from the Discord or anything. What's like a good example of British food? Because my understanding of food from England is, besides breakfast, everything else looks like dog shit.
3: Everything else is dog shit, and that's the appeal. <laughs> Okay. There's was literal <laughs> okay. Like you can get like a fucking so there's these uh, I think about these all the time I can't process red meat anymore. I, I, I just developed an intolerance, but there was mm-hmm. these there's these pies and they they come in tins and you guys probably have them on like some apocalyptic like Costco <laughs> level where it's just like a metal tin with a pie in and like a a, a giant can opener type lid and it's just like the soggiest like steak and kidney pie and like oh all the pastry mm. is soggy the base is super fucking soggy and it's just starch it's just like pure starch that you can get through on like a shit winter thursday afternoon and <sighs> um that's rough survive the night in murky england but yeah, yeah. you know it's stuff it's like it's very much still in like the old but you yeah, know there's, there's like innovations like you can take like a fucking carrot and like drizzle it in oil and shit and like <laughs> Probably not, like, a, a a British innovation, but you can take, like, these, like, starchy, like, things and zhuzh them up, right. as it were. But, yeah.
2: It, I mean, it seems like the biggest thing in England, food-wise, is just whatever's been imported from other countries that were colonized. Like, well, Indian yeah. food is
3: still pretty big. Oh, fuck yeah. I live... We live in in like the Balti Triangle. It's like right, and it's just like all the best restaurants. Uh, we don't eat there enough, but yeah, we we live on a, like a really good spot for immigrants and their food places. So yeah, we we eat really well at the minute. But if we were to like live I don't know, like ten miles on, down the road, it'd be just like potatoes and right yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's what i think of whenever i see the uh make or keep england for english or something like that and it's like what, what would the food even begin to look like it's just <laughs> mud and like uh like you said like old meat pies and tins
3: yeah uh, well it's like yeah because like my dad's irish so it's like irish food is equally dire where it's just like right yeah but it's almost like combination because I don't like mashed potatoes and I don't necessarily like cabbage like on their own but there's like Mm -hmm. Col cannon which is like an Irish combination of the two and it's fucking delicious so it's like a weird um yeah I wouldn't know how to describe it but it is awful but sometimes it's the best thing in the world you know Sure. and they try and innovate you know what Yorkshire pudding is I I am familiar with that yeah like so we went to like a carvery which is just like a, a buffet for like English food and mm-hmm. they do like Yorkshire pudding wraps. So I it's just basically just like a burrito with a Yorkshire pudding base and just like roast turkey and like I don't know peas or whatever. So they're like <laughs> they're, tr- they're like yeah. trying to like desperately compete with like the whole kind of like street food like
2: right right
3: Uber Eat stuff.
2: But, yeah yeah. You're not going to top a falafel. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> a good, a falafel on and and a good day, like a good, like a moist falafel, is probably one of the best things. Oh, 100%. H- hell yeah. Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah, for
0: sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All righty. Next question came from uh, fellow countryman and friend of the show, Josh Pettinger. Do you think England has a chance in this year's Euros?
2: And if England gets knocked out, who are you rooting for? Oh, uh, uh, don't forget! Thanks for
3: definitely asking this one, Cam. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for definitely asking me this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the game just finished against Scotland, and neither, neither team scored, so we probably don't have a chance. But we always have a chance <laughs> because that's just the mentality is like we're, <laughs> right. like we can't beat like other teams, but we can win the thing. <laughs> we can win the cup. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we get knocked out. Well, we're not going to get knocked out we're going to win the whole thing. But if we get knocked out, I might go for maybe France. They're kind of just like a team of just like killers right now. Oh, yeah. Are you guys following it? A little I bit, don't. Yeah. A
2: tiny bit. Yeah. Like, I'm not a big sports guy, but for some reason, when the World Cup happens, I start paying attention. And that's. I think that's only because uh, when I was living in Gainesville, this like, speaking of falafel, this like amazing falafel joint, the best one in the city I was living in, uh, the guy that ran the shop, he's like an older guy, and he doesn't speak much English, but around World Cup he will talk your head off about World Cup. He gets
3: talking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, it's the only time he smiles. It's the only time when he's, like, actually, like, energetic about anything. So Same. When I would get to talk to him about soccer.
3: Same. Oh, my God. Yeah. Football, it it does... It it, it likes to fire up your ass, but you got to be winning. We're not really doing that, so I can't... Like Right, right. (laughs) It's hard to fake it, yeah. Yeah, it's like... The game, is just like raining. It's nil nil. Like no one's really doing anything. Like I didn't mind leaving it at halftime to talk to you guys. So yeah, that's kind of how it's going as a tournament. Mm. But um- yeah, somebody in the
0: Discord told Josh that uh, England was going to lose, and uh, he called him a cunt. So
3: <laughs> to be fair, that is that is pretty cunty behavior. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Seems like the right response. Yeah.
2: Oh, who's who's better at football, the Aussies or England? What Australia?
3: No, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> do
2: you think do you think the British are better at
3: soccer? Australia have their own version of football, where it's just oh, like sure. basketball meets rugby meets something else. But yeah, yeah. Nah, England's better. But the the problem with England is like we're so reliant on foreign players that it's hard to actually play as a cohesive team mm-hmm. because it's just like it, it actually reminds me the games we've been playing actually reminds me of like high school football games where it's just like little cliques of like three best friends that just only pass to each other and then it just like bogs the whole fucking game down it'd be like if like i don't know jordan and pippin only passed to each other which I guess they really did for like a few years. But <laughs> right. yeah, it was just, it's very um very stilted.
2: Gotcha. Okay. We're still
3: better than fucking Australia. That's that's not get Damn. let's not get it twisted, J B. RBV
2: is gonna come after you mate. Who? <laughs> <laughs> RBV. Who's that? Uh, we're not gonna get into we' I'm not I'm not gonna Rob, de- Rob dedicate an entire section to football in this fucking all right, 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 right. <laughs> Instagram user Pilko art asked what aspect of your comics do you think is the weakest and how would you like to
3: improve it uh all of it and I'd improve it <laughs> by drawing it all again <laughs> but, there you go I mean I think to get be a bit less uh, say about it I'd say it's probably more just like finding that like consistent character like the thing with like jasper juvenville is just like he knew he was onto a fucking winner with with yeah, the diva yeah. thing and he is like he's like sorted for a vast proportion of his life in terms of like content <laughs> yeah and like yeah. fucking props to him we all want that right really yeah. maybe not but i mean generally i fucking do i just want to like something that's like easy to draw or at least like kind of simple that i like and can do a variety of things on the page. Yeah, so that's probably my my weakest aspect to the game.
2: I mean, that is interesting, because I don't think Cam has any affectations towards making like a specific character. And I, I mean, I certainly haven't really thought about that in that way. Like, I've never thought I want to draw this same character over and over and over. Like, I don't have the attention span for that
3: you know Mm. maybe i probably don't either which is why it can be quite jumbled but i do know it's more just a desire for that i I think it's probably just a fantasy you know as opposed to an actual like as soon as i like i might do a couple of pages and be like fuck that i just want to draw some other thing you know right right. but you know that's that's probably something in my mind is just like i just need a winner yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah
2: right yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah you're you're at the horse race clutching a bunch of tickets yeah, yeah. yeah i need a fucking
3: prize stud fucking dick swinging between the legs right yeah
1: <laughs>
3: real real uh yeah
2: just a mile half long trough cut out from your horse's dragging donger
3: <laughs> oh yeah yeah
2: that's what you want to see mate yeah
3: yeah to the point where it just like like it doesn't even flip itself it just keeps going yeah yeah Yeah.
0: hell yeah next question came from uh, instagram user the killer rabbit what was your experience working on tumult from scheduling yourself to work on the project were there any hiccups along the way and did the story stay very close to the writer's script or was there some improvisation along the way also, would you work on another graphic novel project in the future? And is it possible to reveal how the royalty checks work? And does it seem satisfactory?
3: Okay. So, hiccups and scheduling problems. I was drunk, but all of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Besides,
3: like, the last three months, like, the last three months of the product, it got pushed back. I, 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 I fucked up. Like, I, I bit off more than I could chew. I just said yes to everything. I took on, like, I was just supposed to, like, do the line work, but I ended up doing, like, the colours and the bubbles. And I was just like, yeah, I can do that. And I uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, like, slurring my way through it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was, like, the biggest hiccup, was, like, my own inability to just, like, knuckle down. But then, like, I just stopped drinking, and then I just stayed at home and just did, like... I just, like, banged it out in, like, a month or two. Literally, Guillaume, God bless him, he, like... He like had to come down hard on me and then I just remember getting this email from him just being like, like I'm just disappointed in you type thing when I was just like so far behind schedule and then that disappointment made me feel bad and then (laughs) I did the work in like a phenomenal speed and then like I had to like um, upload like my progress for the week like every Friday. I just like whack it up on like WhatsApp and you just be like, great, get going. And then we just do it again and again and again and again. But um, yeah, what was the second question? <laughs> the second part of the question was, would you
0: work on another graphic novel project in the future and is it possible to reveal how the royalty checks work and does it seem satisfactory?
3: I guess, I guess he means like with another writer in like, a. is that what he meant?
0: I'm assuming, you know, because we've already kind of said you've already got like a hundred page project coming out soon yeah but yeah maybe uh with another writer uh, in
3: terms of like pitch, like trying to get i probably wouldn't to be honest at least not for a long time but i mean at the minute i can't see someone writing for me in a way that i'd be happy with now me and John, we tried to get other stuff made. We tried to cross over and get stuff made in the, the US that was, like, really different to Chamalt. It was, like, Afrofuturism-type stuff. It's like, a Saturday morning cartoon, and it'd be, like, a Grace Jones-type character, just, like, having mm-hmm. fucking fun, and just, like, really just, like, fun young adult stuff. And, like, no one wanted to touch it. We went to, like... I don't know, We'd email places and pitch, and then, like, a couple of months later, there'd, there'd either be... The company would either be, like, liquidating or merging or just, like, firing everyone. And they were just like, we'd love to take this on, but, like, the office is on fire or something. So it kind of just got to the point where I just, like, had to drop out, really. Right. So, yeah, it was it was a tough uh, world. So I'm just a bit, like, I'm just happy with my own little patch of um, real estate in indie comics, really. You know, it's a better place. It's a better place to be. Hell yeah. Uh, real quick
2: yeah D- during the uh, tail end of this uh, tumult process what was your drink of choice
3: well the tail end I, I I went totally clean but I mean my my standard standard issue uh was it was just like a double whiskey like double jamesons'
2: nice Hell yeah nice that is the right answer
0: yeah I don't really drink nowadays but it's whiskey water on the rocks if I do oh yeah. my god
3: whiskey we had I had some good times with whiskey. Because I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. the problem, the, the thing with the, the hometown drinking, it was always like Sambuca or some tequila or some, like, white spirit. That's surprising that to That was hear. like, oh, this, this is the party shit, you know. Because, yeah. like, so much of UK culture is, like, obsessed with Spain and, like, Magaluf and Ibiza, all these, like, party islands. Interesting, think, okay. Yeah, like, so the prowess on a Saturday night is just to, like, the fucking, the impetus is to just keep that going and just try and recreate the drunkness of, like, the south of Spain, Hmm. Uh, really. But, yeah, so, like, where, you know, whiskey was probably my preferred thing if I was just, like, in town, like, in the city by myself after work, and it fucked the the whole thing.
2: (coughs) (laughs) But it tasted great going down.
3: Oh, my God, like a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Like a fucking dream. Oh, my Uh, God.
2: Yeah, I'd, I've cut back too, so I get it. I get it.
3: Uh, we're we're just like looking at other stuff because my partner's a really drink. She's like a, you know, she'll have like half a beer and she's like flying. So that kind of works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, so we've been like doing like CBD drinks and stuff and just kind of getting like kind of stoned and like <laughs> yeah. We're at the minute we're just. It- <laughs> We were talking the other day and like, we had to stop getting the CBD drinks, basically. <laughs> it was becoming a problem. <laughs> it was becoming a problem.
2: <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Nate Garcia Cartoons. What's up, little Nate? Uh, he asked two questions. Uh, first one, love your work, Michael. Is there anything you wish you could tell your 19-year-old self? And second question is, what did you have for breakfast today, too?
3: I could tell my 19-year-old self. I'd tell my 19-year-old self: a, stop drinking, and b, maybe you can like fucking get into like a good uni if you apply yourself <laughs> and stop drinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then, what's his second? What's that? Breakfast? Yes. Yeah, he, he always asks what uh, is, where our guests have for breakfast. Dude, this dude in breakfast is it's a big. <laughs> <laughs> Nate loves breakfast. Uh, what did I have for breakfast? Uh, I think this week I had, I. it's a bit left field for me, but I had like some, I mean, maple and pecan crunchy things. But usually we have, I have quite a bougie breakfast because my partner taught me how to make soft uh, scrambled eggs. Ooh, yes. So <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll have that any fucking chance I can. And yes, so usually it's like something like that on like rye bread or maybe with salmon on the weekends. Oh my God. Oh, nice! Hell yeah! yeah. Yes, good Nice shit. piece
2: of grilled salmon. Can't go wrong.
3: Real bourgeoisie <laughs> shit. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs>
2: Restructuring full English. I like it. Yeah.
3: Oh, like a <laughs> a de- Oh well, you know, we get some posh like uh, English breakfasts now. Like down the road, we get you know we keep grab something where it is basically like uh, grilled peppers and and like yeah, just like fancy English breakfast. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Alrighty, next
0: question came from Instagram user King underscore of underscore nails. Uh, they said, "Top ten desert island comics, please." All of you guys, for time's sake, let's just go three.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: that's a lot. <laughs> <five>. <laughs> I
3: don't
2: even think I could name ten. I was titles. about to say I could <laughs>
3: name ten comics off the bat. Yeah. someone else, please. I need to think.
2: All right, Cam, you you know what's up? Yeah. Good, go ahead.
0: Um, so. Uh, I mean, this is like you know you're putting a gun to my head in the moment, so I haven't had proper chance to think about this. But I'm gonna say the uh, original volume one and two, the Locust book of uh, Jaime Hernandez that collected his stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll say uh, the Mazzicelli book, Asterios Polyp, Good and uh, one of the big Nancy collections.
2: Boom!
3: Yeah, nice. nice. Yeah, I might, I might, I might take the lead there you and uh go with, like the nancy likes christmas book that that Fantagraphics graphics go. one that's been doing me right maybe like uh just any crazy cat collection black and white crazy and probably third i'd go with the two volumes of uh, a sinner that idw put out oh nice that, yeah that was a big one for me but yeah it's my three
0: if you want to scoop, I saw Frank Santoro posting on Instagram that Bill from Copacetic said that the Alak Center books are going out of print soon. And uh, that means that they will soon be hundreds of dollars on eBay. So grab those books if you don't have them and you're interested.
3: Get those fucking books. If you're just like still like looking at like CBZ files of like Spanish translations or something, like, I got, like so many people don't know that IDW put those books out in English. Right. In an affordable yeah, format for like hundreds of pages of Bondesine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Both of them yeah. are fucking like phone book sized. Oh my so, god, yeah. Yeah. What about UJB? What's the uh what's the three?
2: Okay. Top three books. I'll go with Daniel Klaus's Like a Velvet Glove Cast in Iron. That's number one. Okay. Number two is probably gonna be Black Hole by Charles Burns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And three will be grant morrison's run on doom patrol sick
0: yeah That's a bunch solid, of crazy yeah. shit there
2: mm. hell yeah all right instagram user xoxo underscore grease asked what are your thoughts on the comment section of simon h's reposts of old stories and any tips for finding a comic scene what to do where to go etc
3: simon hanselman yeah I, I think so
2: yeah
0: i don't I'll say this. I know that during the pandemic, like I think it was a thing that like Dog Biscuits and Crisis Zone, like both Simon and Alex got huge online followings from posting those daily strips. And so um, a lot of like not typical comic readers filtered in and the comment sections just were crazy. I haven't actually read any of the comment sections on Simon's repost of old stories? This is not a diss to Simon, but, I mean, I've read all those old stories, so I'm not really tuned into them, so I'm not really paying attention, but I'm assuming they're probably just a bunch of
3: fucking crazy people like they were last year. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's also my opinion on this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Correct. This hot topic. There you go. Uh, what about finding a comic scene, yo? I don't know. Like It's like you cats like uh, that's the, that's the scene for me right now like i've been <laughs> like i've been part of stuff and when i was younger and like trying to do like the pitching stuff uh, you know but it's all like it's all just writers and they're all like twice my age and you know i'm like the little golden geese type thing and, <laughs> you the know prettiest bell at the ball fine yeah. you know my but i mean the reason i found you guys it was because I think a lot of a lot of people that maybe like I'd say we're like affiliated with gutter boys right now. They're kind of making comics to the same kind of impetus or like thought path that I am. And yeah, yeah, I could see that, and that's great, right? But like you have to like engage and buy those people's stuff as well. Like you have to buy the comics and like try and buy the comics or try and swap comics or something. Like that's how you find the scene, right? Kind yeah, of just, definitely. I mean it's all it's all pretty like brick and mortar stuff still, right? You know, you mm-hmm. don't I used to have like an Instagram account like before last year, before all the BLM stuff, where it was kind of just more like edgy, edgier drawings. And yeah, the like the scene there wasn't this comic scene that was affiliated with it. It was more just like I was probably just considered like a normal, like an artist that happened to make comics or something. Mm-hmm. So and it was, like, a very lonely existence, to say the least. But then, like, I, yeah. I started, like, this new account and was just, like, you know what, I've got some, like, money in my pocket. I can actually, like, support you guys by buying a comic and just, like, getting it shipped from the US. Like, just taking those extra, me- like, things that I wouldn't have been able to afford to do or maybe I would have just scuffed at. Like, I just don't scuff at that stuff anymore, like paying chipping mm-hmm. um, on stuff. And I think that's kind of served me well. And, yeah, just, like, I just feel like actually own comics now that aren't, you know, like big publisher collections from like Waterstones or like Barnes and Noble type stores, you know, for sure. Yeah, Yeah
0: and I mean I, I don't really have anything to add outside of what Michael said outside of you know finding a comic scene like where to go I mean my best friends in comics I you know JB's one of my best friends in comics and I think we've hung out in real life less than 10 times you know it's it's really just wow. meeting people at shows you know and keeping up with each other online kind of like you know I, I message with Michael a few times a week you know and I found his work I believe through Brian from Bubbles was telling me about it so yes yeah Oh that's man. Shout Brian that, yeah.
3: man what a dude it, yeah <laughs> great
0: great dude and you know so I it, it, it really is. It's not, I don't think that you're going to find the scene if you go quote unquote like looking for it in one place. I mean, you could go to like a drink and draw or something like that and link up with Ugh. people. But, you know,
1: <laughs> I, yeah. I,
0: I, yeah. I'd rather, you know, message the creators that I like and, you know, talk to them individually. And then, you know, usually if they're cool, you know, and they think I'm cool, we hit it off. And then you meet up at a show and you just kind of keep in touch. And like Michael said, you know, you
3: support each other by trading or buying each other's work. And yeah, it kind of just,
0: it kind of just comes together naturally.
3: Yeah, that was like a, a period where the, my comic scene was literally just like me and my buddy Greg, like Sharrett Greg, and then like like in Birmingham, like I I was staring the studio with his uh, partner Emily, who's a painter, and she was like, I oh, should meet my boyfriend Greg. She met my boyfriend. I was kind of just like, uh, oh, that's fucking comics nerd guy. I don't want to spend time with him. And he's just like, and then like <laughs> I did, and he's just like, you know, he's like us. He's, yeah. you know, he's just like, and he's yeah. like, put me onto great comics and we just like sit and chat shit like we kind of are now type of thing. And yeah, like I mean, he runs the shop in Notting Hill now because they moved to London. He runs the Notting Hill Comic Exchange. And that's kind of like, so like the scene is just me again. Uh, really?
2: yeah <laughs> But yeah, it's...
3: Uh- <laughs> One One man. Yeah, but like, one man scene. Yeah, but we were so lucky to just kind of like stumble upon each other in that way. Right. But yeah, but outside of that, it's all kind of internet based still. Yeah, for sure. I was spoiled in Chicago. So making the move
2: to Iowa, it's like going in, I knew I was not going to have the same, I guess, like circle of comic friends. And by that, I mean I would have no comic friends. (laughs) I don't really know where to go about looking for them, to be honest, here in Iowa, but I'm also really not interested in looking for them. I'm <laughs> kind of busy doing my own thing at this point. And part of the reason why I even agreed to move out of here was knowing that this would be the opportunity where I'm just only focusing on my work. I'm not constantly engaging with, you know, the comic scene or a scene in that way, which is not to say that's a bad thing. It's just, it can be a little distracting if you are constantly like overwhelmed by it.
3: Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's always the uh, the drinking drawers. Drinking yeah. drawers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you uh, feel you ever, like... You
0: ever get bored and want
3: to venture out on a Saturday if night? If I accidentally
2: yeah. walk in on a drinking draw, I am leaving that bar. <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm, the t- I'm the type of dude that would have been drinking at the pub and would have been like, fuck this. And just like, I yeah. get yeah. out just into keep the street. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> that is the right response. Draw these nuts. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Matt underscore Greaves on Instagram asked a <laughs> uh, question uh, in Birmingham. Do you get dickheads dressing up like they're in Peaky blinders? Yeah. <laughs>
3: you know we do and it's wait really but yeah but not too many it's just like it's Peaky Blinders is more of like an export and it's just like there's like a bar in Birmingham that's like a Peaky Blinders bar but it's like a total dive it's like it's not like a hip like chipboarded like hipster joint it's, it's just like probably fascist in some way <laughs> yeah. and uh, so it's like that's kind of the only remnant like sometimes we see like people wearing the costumes but it looks like they've come from like a theater or something like it seems like that's part of their job in some way right But yeah, I mean, it's more of an export. Like I was, when I was in Angoulême, I did, I wrote about this four bubble zine when I went and it was like, there was like this drunk French guy. Like I was walking back from one of the events through uh, the town and this like little drunk French guy was like trying to like fight me or something. And his friends were like grabbing, he was like tight, like I'm 6'3". And like, I don't know, like 240. And this guy was literally fucking Tintin. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> tiny, like scrawny ginger, like little quiff. And then he was like, he just kind of like sat on me for some reason and then he was just like he was like mumbling like tintin to himself like someone had just like owned him in a bar or something like just like <laughs> totally like emasculated him and then <laughs> like he and it turned out he could speak like really good english and like i lived in london and i was he was like oh where you f-? he was like he was like he had like he could affect like the best like cockney accent he was just like where are you from mate where are you from was, oh my god yeah like this tiny like little fucking elf of a person and uh i was like yeah i'm from Birmingham, and he was like ah oh, peaky blinders you know what peaky blinders are mate and i'm just like yeah i know what peaky blinders are and he's just like trying to chat shit to me about peaky blinders and it's <laughs> so and, like, bizarre and by this point his friends were just like embarrassed to know him and they just looked sad like and they were just yeah it was just you know that was the only time it, yeah, Peaky Blinders. It, it's a. It's not really a Birmingham thing, but it is. It's just like an export of the BBC.
2: Man, ima- imagine going to New York City and some like tiny French man dressed in like a 60s suit is like trying to talk to you about ads.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, it's just like what the fuck are
3: you doing? Dude? Yeah, he'd switch from like a French accent to like like a Brooklyn accent and just be like, "Hey, I'm walking here," type thing. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> funny little fucker. But yeah, it was uh, that was that. <laughs>
2: What do people like about comics? Why do you <laughs> yeah. like comics?
3: Yeah. yeah. Like, what is that? Like, so fucking strange. What is your wife like? like yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> how does this make you feel?
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Well, last question came from a friend of the show and previous guest, Jasper Jubenville. Ask him how he pulls off looking like the most stylish and cool cartoonist.
3: Oh, shit. What is that? What in- what, like my drawing style or just the way I wear all of the above. Wear the clothes, yeah.
2: it's your swagger, the my whole swag
3: package. Here. Yeah, the
0: swag. Yeah, yeah.
3: I don't know. Maybe just uh, living, maybe I don't fucking know. Jasper, <laughs> 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 uh. I just don't know. I, I was thinking about Eric. So I was like, Oh, if you means clothes, it's just like most of our clothes are like either like secondhand stuff when I was like too poor to like buy anything and then suddenly I was rich enough to buy like Jordans and then somehow it all works so I don't know and maybe I'm just I mean I met some friends last week and then for like really like a birthday thing and it was just like friends I'd known for like 10 years and like one of them was just like drunk and he was just like we're not even sober you're sober and you're still an asshole. I'm just like, <laughs> and this is like totally unprovoked in like some like mini golf, indoor mini golf thing. You know, I'm just like, yeah. okay. Like, <laughs> I, uh, I can just let that abuse just wash off me for some reason. And that makes you cool. And that makes me cool. I can take a hit, Jasper. There you go. <laughs> just shrug it off. <laughs> and that goes for my career too. My. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, uh, Mike, we do want to thank you so much for coming on. But before we get out of here, uh, where can people find you on social media, website, anything you want to plug? Yeah,
3: Instagram is uh, Michael Kennedy, illo websites like Michael D Kennedy dot com. That's where you can buy the old uh, the hats and uh, <laughs> and the comics. But yeah, that's it, really. Yeah. Pick up one of everything,
2: two of everything. Give it to your friend.
0: And you, too, can be the most stylish uh, reader.
3: Oh, on the block. there you go. That's very it. Nice. I need to get some branding out about this. I don't know. I might <laughs> I might do another mini comic about being very stylish. There you go. Dedicated to Jasper. <laughs> Dedicated yep. to Jasper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to the su-
2: supreme streetwear lord, Jasper <laughs> yeah. Juvenile. Exactly, yeah. So, oh, I
3: forget about that. Yeah. yeah I forget he was yeah. a hype beast. Why yeah. is this about <laughs> Jasper being a hype beast? Is it just like, he's just into that culture? Uh, so, he was when he was younger. His uh, trajectory is amazing. So uh,
0: he was a newspaper cartoonist at ten years old, and then <laughs> yeah. he became a uh, a Lego YouTuber. What? And uh, yeah, he's the account's still there. I won't I won't dox him, but uh, Jasper has a uh, Lego stop motion film account on YouTube Hell that yeah. he was that, making when he was like a teenager. Very and cute. And then uh, yeah, I guess in high school he became the supreme hype beast, and now he's just the supreme cartoonist.
3: Well, that's a good way to transfer from one Supreme to another, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it puts you in good stead because you know about shit like demand, right? You, know, you guys compare, like, The Stranger stuff to, um, you know, like, Streetwear drops. And I think maybe that's... I think I'm trying to do that, too, where it's just, like, cause a little bit of fuss on Instagram DMs or, like... Just a comment section. For real, I feel like if you get the comment section popping about, like, uh, something you're about to, like, release, then it kind of feels... Like it does feel very hype beasty. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Yeah. But then Hell yeah. then like real hype beasts, like fucking spit on me. <laughs> but if I even look at their um, t shirt whatever they're wearing, but yeah. Oh well.
2: Well maybe Mint will become the next supreme.
3: You know what? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs>
0: yeah, on that note, uh, we do uh. want to thank you so much for listening to another episode of Gutter Boys. As always, I am your co-host Cam, with my co-host JB, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and as always, stay gutter.
2: Fuck off, cunts. Hey, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah, baby! <laughs> for the streets like a for the hood like a pet. track, break a stack, I even rap like, like this. They ain't know that I can snap like this. Like this. Adidas boys in the club got them thinking okay. now. Thinking get the fuck so okay. about my way when I'm swinging now. If you don't play no position in this rap game. You just get the towels. Where's my water main? I rep the sip And that 33. I got that focus flow. Call it Tai Chi. Or that hot It's the same thing. The track the telephone. I'm a little rain. Boy, I, I got that killer flow And then they know This sort of thing ain't my bag, babe For the streets like a cat For the hood